Right. So, yeah, Mother's Day, it's just a special time. But um, we've been doing series on different hymns. And I actually got one of my favorites. It is well with my soul as you gathered for the last song. But, yeah, we're very blessed to have different mentors. And thanks, Sam. But I'm very blessed to have, like, a, 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 an awesome mother, but also got a, a beautiful spiritual mother that has really prayed me through so many years. And, um, yeah, we need each other. So this is just not about mothers, but I'm just encouraging you as a body of Christ to come together, to come together and encourage each other in prayer. So it is well with my soul. Just ask yourself that quietly ask yourself is it well with my soul today and uh just before i get into it i just want to show i just want to play uh the song um for you and i just want you to just have a bit of a reflection time just allow the soul to speak to you this morning thanks way when peace like a Taught me to say 
that a beautiful song? You know, this song was actually written by a, a man, Horatio Spafford. He was um, back in the 18th century, was a wealthy Chicago lawyer. You know, he had it all. If you actually looked at his life, you'll think he had a perfect life. He had a, he was a lawyer, had a legal practice, a beautiful home, wife, four daughters. And uh, but in the same time, he was a devoted Christian. He was an elder of his church. At that time, you know the T.D. Jakes. You know, if you can relate them to T.D. Jakes, he was hanging around with the people like that, Dwight Moody, and he was a well-known Christian of his days. And he was actually very biblical. He actually knew his scriptures. And this man loved God. You can say he had a really good life. And at the very height of his financial career, um, Horatio and his wife Anna suffered the loss of their young son. Um, he died. And shortly after that, in 1871, the Great Chicago Fire destroyed almost every real estate investment in that area, and that including his investments. He lost everything in that Chicago Fire. So in that time, he just thought, oh, well, Horatio said, I'm going to send my wife and my four daughters on a long uh, uh, trip that they need. We need to get away from that. So he scheduled a boat trip to Europe, sent his family. He had to do some business, and he was going to meet them there. And on the way, um, so he sent his wife and his daughters, and he remained in Chicago. During that time, several days later, he received a letter from his wife, and all it said was, saved alone. Him, his wife and his, well, his daughters, um, the boat collided with another uh, ship, collided with another one. And what happened is that there was only about 12 minutes and for everyone to be saved. And it was over about, I think it was over about 270 people. And unfortunately, the daughters drowned in the sea. He lost all four of his daughters. And that Anna was actually found by a fisherman in his boat where she was just hanging on to a piece of wood. So at that time, with a heavy heart, Horatio had to then get a boat and go meet his wife. And um, through that time, he imagine his soul right there. Imagine the grief that this man felt, that he lost his son, his business, uh, you know, he loved God. It's almost like you can relate, you relate to Job in this, like he had everything and he lost everything. But on the way to meet his wife across the ocean, he started to write this song. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea bellows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Wow. <laughs> I mean, think about it. I mean, some of us are just dealing with the fence right now and can't even say, I forgive or like pray to God because you're so angry. But this man who was full of grief wrote this song. The famous hymn composer Philip Bliss was so moved by Horatio's writings that he composed a peaceful tune to accompany the words. And this song was actually published in 1876. So this song did not come from the height of the good times that Horatio had. Like he could have wrote this song 
when he was like a lawyer, his business, four daughters, you know, having a family. You know, it's easy to pen a song. It's easy to praise God in the good times. But this man wrote this song and it was born out of a deep, soul-wrenching battle of pain, of loss, of separation, the black hole of despair. We've all been there. We've all seemed to fall into a black hole where we don't feel like we can get up. We think it's impossible. How am I supposed to get out of this situation? So what black hole do you need to climb out of this morning? What is your soul looking like at the moment? So how you handle your pain, Christian, determines two things in your life. They either can push you towards the Father or it can actually push you away from the Father and you can actually go into damaging behavior. We all have a choice when we face pain. We can either react in a positive way or react in a bad way. How you handle your pain is so crucial of how you create habits in your life. I love worship. I know when I'm overwhelmed, and I know a lot of my staff know that, is I put my worship on, on my laptop, close my door, and have a moment with God. And I just love sitting in my office and just getting my focus back, allowing the Holy Spirit just to flood, just to pour out me, flow in me, get my thoughts back into perspective. And God, I'm so thankful that he has given us a, a merciful gift of, of, of music authored in the midst of our heartbreak. Cause I don't know about you, but it's not, uh, you know, rock and roll or, you know, heavy metal that gets me out of a place of despair. What got, gets me out of a place is worshiping God. A song often has the power to express and comfort pain when words alone feel empty. You know, sometimes I want to let, I want to encourage you. If you haven't even, if you're not living a life of worship, I encourage you to give God a chance. Instead of turning on Whitney Houston, <laughs> right? I'm not saying you can't turn on Whitney Houston, but I want to encourage you to maybe turn to worship and allow that to wash over you and just see how your behavior and your habits and your thinking and your heart changes when you allow worship. To just come into your soul and take rest. It is well has met and carried people through the worst kinds of suffering, reminding us of the, reminding us of the deep, abiding, sovereign well at the bottom of our joy in life. What is in the bottom of your well this morning? Are you sitting there going, God, I don't know how? Or you're going to start to fill your well to see how you can actually come from this place. Uh, Christian, it's interesting. What song are you singing? Pastor Mike always says, it'd be interesting to get your Spotify, your phone, and see the list of songs that you actually have on your phone. But what song are we singing as a church? What song are we singing as a Christian? What song are we singing out in the world when people meet us? Are we 
singing the blues or we're singing God's praises. We need to be a church that, you know, we, we need to be a light to this world. So when people come to us, they actually know what song we are singing. So what song are you singing? Ask yourself that. Are you singing negativity? Are you singing, are you poison or venom, bitterness? Is that what singing out of your soul? Or you're singing, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm going to praise you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, that's what we are supposed to be singing. And you know what I love about, what I love about Paul in the Bible? He was a man that kept singing God's praises. He did not sing a song, feel sorry for me. So I want to take you just to um, a passage in the Bible of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 10 to 13. And this is what I love about Paul. And when you get there, just shout, Amen. Thanks, Carrie. <laughs> okay. Philippians 4, verse 10 to 13. will be on the screen. I rejoice greatly in the law that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content. Say to your neighbor, content. Whatever the circumstance, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. We're either well fed or hungry. We're either living in plenty or in want. I love this part. And I know we, we say it a lot as Christians. I say it with me. I, I say it to yourself. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Amen? Amen. I know we can live like this. So I love the fact that Paul, who was sitting in prison, now he wasn't being ungrateful. He was just letting them know that God is his strength, his source. And because of the corrupt officials are waiting for possible execution over false charges, he just tells them, you know, I'm content. I mean, this man could be shaking in prison, fearful of his life. I need to get out. God, why am I in prison? Why am I going to get executed? You know, he could be, you know, crying there. But you know what he's like? I'm content. Have you ever known that kind of peace and contentment in the midst of the chaos in your life? Now, I was, I think I was sharing with you, Anna, the other day, like, like, someone like life is just getting so hectic and busy and chaotic and sometimes it's just not another you know I think it was Jill like we were saying like there's not enough hours in the day and like you always feel like you're always you know behind the eight ball Uh, I remember years ago you're always like oh the hour feels so long and now you're like stop I need that hour but it's easy to get lost in that chaos have you ever felt God's love when you walked through a heartbreak have you ever felt God's love? Is there something big and strong comforting you at the bottom of your, your well right now? What is, what is actually sitting? What is actually, what do you actually go to when you're disappointed? What is your response to disappointment, to loss? We all have a bottom of a well. Sometimes we can turn to the computer. We can turn to alcohol. We can turn to drugs. Turn to relationships. 
But I want to encourage you, how about just turning to Jesus, giving him a go to see how he can pull you out from this black hole of despair because he can. Allow him to lift you up. So can we, humans, can we be content in any situation? Can we? I don't know. Does it matter if the air con is hot, you know, like cold and stuff or someone's got your chair? I don't know. Just little things like that. That's something that God's been challenging me. Sometimes I'm like, does it really matter? I've got to be content. We're in Australia. Like I travel a lot in ministry and sometimes I come home and I'm going, God, like I sometimes complain at the traffic lights that I'm waiting too long. But then when I'm in Mumbai, right, David? I'm like praising God that I can get through the traffic without waiting for seven hours to get somewhere. So it's just little things that put back into perspective. But we need to be content in everything that we do in every situation. The key to suffering well, Pastor Karen, really? There's no key to suffering well. Yes, there is. Horatio actually showed us. It's because it was he enjoyed his fellowship with his Savior, right? So when you're in close, when you're in such an intimate relationship with your savior, Horatio showed us that he was so close to Christ, he enjoyed, he worshiped his savior, and that the, that love, all that sowing, all that spending time with his creator, his savior, that sharing conversations, having worship time, having devotions, reading his Bible, spending time, being around like-minded people. When it came to his darkest moment, he did not forget who his Jesus was because the love that was sown into him, he was able to reap back and stand in the midst of his disappointments, knowing God was in control of his life. That only comes from a place of deep connection and relationship with your Savior. And that love was able to carry a ratio through the violent waves of life. Some of us have gone through some violent waves, some horrific stories, some moments that you just don't want to go there and you're still getting over and you are like going, how am I supposed to get up in the mornings? How am I supposed to get through life? But I want to let you know, just like a ratio, you can, you know that there is a father that will get you through, through your times. He knew the heart of Philippians 1.21 when Paul said, a man who suffered more than most wrote, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Why? Because when you sit, spend time with the Lord, you realize he's got everything under control. Tell your neighbor, he's got everything under control. And if you are a Bible believer, you will know that he does have everything under control. That he will turn things for good. And sometimes we forget, you know, when you get hurt, who's hit their toe? right? There are moments where you just like forget that you're going to come out of it because it hurts so much and um, it hurts. And you're just like, you're caught up in that pain for that moment. And it feels like it's going to last forever. But when you come out, when it starts to seize and starts to smooth out, you go, oh, 
That's like sometimes with life, with circumstance, situation, the pain is so unbearable that sometimes you just feel like I cannot, I'm not going to be able to breathe through this. I'm not going to recover from this. I'm not going to get out of this. It, I just, you know, I just feel like, nah, this is it. But if you just allow God just to help you gather your thoughts, help God just to get you to the place where he just gives you peace and calmness and just allow him and just say, you know what, God, I can do all things through you, all things through you. Just give him that one moment. Don't react in the moment of your pain, but just give him that one moment and then you will see that he will turn things for good. Amen? That he is in control. So I want to encourage you to keep walking in the center of his will. That's Horatio. He continued to walk in the center of his will. He learned to see this situation through God's eyes. That's what the song's all about. Through God's eyes, through his perspective. You, Christian, can enjoy to, you can enjoy living a life in victory. You can have a wonderful, supernatural, peaceful life. Right? Everyone's going, no, I can't look at what I've got. You can, because you can choose. I want to encourage you this morning, so choose peace over panic. We can all panic, right? Yeah? Don't leave me alone up there, up here. We all panic. We have moments. So I want to encourage you as a Christian, please choose peace over panic. Finding peace in the midst of the storm isn't easy. And I'm telling you, I'm not playing this down. It's not easy because... You know, we're full of fear, we got anxiety, we're scared, we don't know what's happening, we're in the unknown. But when you have that relationship with God, it's easy to come back to that place and say, you know what, God, I need you. But I want to encourage you to turn off the panic button in yourself. Don't be a reactor. Choose peace. When you're making a decision, when you want to confront someone, we want to talk to someone. Yeah, we all have our moments, our flesh moments, but I want to encourage you to choose peace. Turn it off. Instead, turn to Jesus. Jesus, what do you think I should do? How can I help in this situation? Help me to give me wisdom in this situation. But don't try to do things in your own strength. That's why we have Jesus with us. I experience peacefulness. <laughs> it's interesting when I'm like, I'm like, all right, God, let me just, let me give you some help figuring out what I think I should do. And he's like, yeah, go, go for it, Karen. Let's, let's go. And I'm like, okay. It's, and then I get so like worked up and then it's like, okay, he lets me go. I just love how God just lets you go. And he's just watching you like on the side as a parent. And then I'm like, yeah, nah. Come back to him and say, okay, so ready for my turn? All right, let's go. Just let go, Karen. That's all I'm asking you to do is let go and just allow me to step in here. I want to encourage you to be intentional about choosing peace over drama. So we all have an opportunity, but don't be that drama person. Choose to walk away. It is not because you're weak. It's because you have a revelation that, I'm not going to get involved. So don't involve yourself in areas that you're not meant to be. Choose a path that leads to something, somewhere. And be someone who displays a peaceful nature. A peaceful nature, you know, that's one of our fruits. So I encourage you to do that. So as I said before, let go and allow him 
to be your source of strength. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So we need to learn as God's children is that Christ is to be our source of strength. And you see the world right now, it is messy because people have walked away from the center of God's will and want to do it in their own strength. I'll do it my way. It's all about me. We're very self-absorbed as humans. And we all want to be, you know, yeah, I've got this, I've got that. And then we see our world in a mess at the moment because people are tired, they're worn out, they're not doing things according to God's will. And you know what? We've got to come back as Christians and teach our brothers and sisters, teach others that is you can trust God, that he is your source. So if you're living in abundance, don't forget that Christ is your source of strength, not your abundance. If you are living in poverty, don't forget that Christ is still your source of strength and not your circumstances. Amen. So good news. God does restore. Amen. Amen. Who is a product of God's grace in this building at the moment? We're all, God is a God of second chances, of new beginnings, a new season. He does restore. That's what I love about our God. He's full of grace. He's full of mercy. He is kind. What the world chucks at you, they label you. They think you need to be this way. You know what God does? He just wipes it all away. He wipes it away and he says, let's start again. Reset. Let's go. God does restore. So I was looking at the song, meditating on it. And looking at the words Horatio wrote, and at first I couldn't understand what he was trying to say when he said, peace, when peace like a river attended my way. I'm going, God, what does that mean? Then I actually prayed and then I concluded that it was, Horatio was reminding us that God doesn't give us, that he does give us good times in our lives. Amen. He does. And there are times where his peace blesses our life like a river blesses the land. God blessed him just like Job in the later years. What I'm trying to say here is when you hear that word is that remember the good times. Remember sometimes life, I I mean, I hear people all the time. They focus more on the negative. They focus on the, the situation, the problems and how life is so bad for them and how it's rubbish, rah, rah, rah. But just remember the good times. Remember that you did overcome that last situation that you did overcome a financial stress in your life you did like you didn't have a job but now you have a job sometimes we forget the good times because the enemy tries to make us focus on the bad times so much that he wants to suppress us and oppress us and wipe out our memory of what God has done for us but I want you encourage you to keep your eyes firmly fixed on Jesus and start remembering yeah I remember that I remember that time you got me through ah I can't doubt you again because you God are in control of my situations God does restore you saw Job in the Bible he was tested tried and he lost everything but God restored him and Horatio and his wife actually had three more children um, they did have a son who died, but they had three more children and they actually left to, and they set sail to Israel where they actually um, did a lot of mission work there. And they were happy. They were content. And um, that mission went for years and years and years. And they actually, you know what they did? They didn't cry. They didn't go back and say, curse their God. They didn't 
deny God. They didn't get angry. They didn't get bitter. You know what they did? They went to Israel and they served the poor for the rest of their lives. My gosh. Oh, my Lord. Wow. What a man of God. That just really spoke to me. So in Christ, it can be made well for you, whatever the circumstance. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? It can be well, but you can choose to say it can be well. Because as humans, we say, no, it can't be well. No, I don't believe that. God, no, 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 no. But it's out of your mouth to say it can be well with my life. Because I choose to be well. I choose not to be angry or upset or hurt or victim. I choose to be a victor. I choose to live a life of victory. I choose to be an overcomer. I choose my words carefully. I choose to forgive. You getting it? You choose to be well. He died for you. He understands your pain. If you're sitting here right now feeling alone, feeling, I don't know where my life is going, I want to encourage, I want to let you know that he feels your pain. He knows where you're at. He wants to walk with you. He wants to be with you. He wants to prom, he wants to deliver you. He actually has got promises for you and he will forever guard you. He won't forsake you. Just like a ratio. He was there through all the that bad time through with a ratio. So no matter what happens, it is is okay to be well with my soul. And if we get that as Christians, you need to get that a revelation. Because if we get that in our minds, can you imagine how the world can change? We don't. I don't want. Sorry, I don't want to be attached to a messy, angry, miserable, sad world. Because that's not the world God designed us to live in. He has chosen us, set us apart to be that change deliverer to this nation, to bring change. So we as Christians have to start getting our souls in check right now. We have to start looking at our soul and say, what's going on? Why am I depressed? Why am I feeling sad? Why can't I, uh, you know, lift my hands up? Why can't I sing to God? Why can't I read my Bible? You need to check in with God and ask him some questions and say, God, something's going on with my soul. Help me fix it. Fix my soul, God. I can't live this way any longer. I want to be free. In Jesus' name. Who wants to be free in this place? Amen. So I want to encourage you that there is a rock on which to stand. There is an, uh, um, there is calm in the storm. There's a refuge in which to shelter and there's peace in the chaos. Amen. Amen. I just want to leave you this. With faith, your inside world will determine your outside world. Life is inside out not outside in. How about we start to display faith in this place? How about that? What's in your soul is going to come out? I don't know, but you, you know, so many of us avoid each other lately because what's coming out of our mouth, is it to build each other up or tear each other down? 
I don't want to be in a church or around people that just choose to be negative or choose to slam or choose to do this. I want to be around people that when we break bread together and share the word of God, that we are encouraging and lifting each other up. We're not competing with each other. We are doing life with each other. Jillian said something on the boat that we're sisters. We have, you know, so sisters and brothers together. We have to do life together. We have to love each other. We have to be there for each other. But I just want to speak to the individual. Just go get your soul right. Time's up. If you've been sitting for 10 years on one problem, I want you just just hand it to God. It's simple. It's, it's actually exhausting holding on to a problem and an offense and unforgiveness. It's exhausting. Just just give it over and you'll just find like, wow, I'm so, I wish I did that earlier. But just like Job, God will restore those years that a locust ate. He will. He will. I just want to invite the worship team up. What I love about it as well with my soul, this hymn. It is a song that you can go back to over and over again and remind yourself that there is God next to you. And Horatio is because of his unwavering faith in these truths that Horatio did not disintegrate with the death of his children. So many people disintegrate when something happens to them. We see so many fallen soldiers, so many Christians leave churches over the most silliest things. They disintegrate because I'm offended or they disintegrate because life didn't go their way or something happened. Loss happens. Things happen. We as humans will experience in some kind of grief, some kind of pain, you know, and it's hard because we love our families. We love what we do. We love each other so much and it hurts. God knows that, but God did not want you to go down. He didn't want you to fall into that miry clay and never get up again. He wants you to get out of that black hole. That's not the life he promised you. It hurts the father's heart to see you bound up. Not, you know, shouting out in victory or crying out to him. It hurts him. Can you imagine? He's like, I didn't have this life for you. This wasn't my intention. Just trust me. If you just hold my hand and and let me pull you out of this hole, I promise you, I promise you, you are going to see great things ahead of you. It was only because he believed, Horatio believed that God will be with him no matter what, that nothing would ever separate him from God's love and that one day he would see his children again. That is the beauty about being a Christian is that we know we have eternal life and that we will see our families again. That is where he rested knowing that God, you will, you'll promise me again that I will see my children and that he got out of his black hole of despair And he started to put his eyes upon Jesus and God then started to use him mightily. It was only by his faith in God that he was able to say, it is well, it is well, it is well with my soul.
Reflect right now. It is well with my soul. Ask that to yourself. It is well with my soul. The Bible says in Psalm 98, verse 1, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Just stand to your feet. I want to encourage you this morning, Christian. If we're going to break chains, we're going to see salvations, we're going to see our land healed, we're going to see people, we're going to see churches filled. Lord, we're just not about numbers, about people knowing Jesus. We want to see hope restored. Then it's up to us, starts here as an individual. We've got to sing a new song to him. So today, I don't know about you, but... When I sing out, it breaks things. It changes my perspective. It refreshes my soul. It relaxes me. It takes all the stress away. Singing breaks chains. Amen? Singing can revive broken dreams again. It can give you visions. Singing keeps the enemy at bay. Don't you come near me because I'm singing to God and he gets scared. Singing lifts your soul. Sing, sing. The Bible says, sing or barren woman, sing. And some of us have been barren for so long. And right now, I want to encourage you as we sing this song, I want you just to lift up your voices, whatever burden you're going through right now, whatever hurt, whatever pain, whatever offense, I want to encourage you right now to release it to God. Release it. Sing, sing. Lift up your voice. Change your tune. Look at life differently in a different way. Release that sorrow from your heart this morning. Let's just sing this together. Amen. Just lift up your, just give your heart to God, your prophet.